0: Hey, so, I know it's summertime, and we're all on the go, and the last thing you want to do is be sitting here with a dingy backpack. That's right, you sitting here, you going to the gym, you traveling, hopping on a plane, or maybe you just decided to go spend a night over at his house and don't want to have to come back home to grab your shit. Well, I have the remedy just for you, sis. Our good old friend that was wear Muslim backpacks, are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off of their first purchase head over to muzmmbackpacks.com redeem our offer code wryh10 to receive 10% off of your first purchase once again that is muzmmbackpacks.com let them know Lonnie and Ali sent you let's get into the show That's my type. That's my tight, nigga. That's my type. I, that's all I got. That's all I got.
1: No. So you just ain't, So that's that's. No, what no that that's who, that's that's it. So that's, you just gonna give it. That's
0: it. That's the g- jingle. Just, that
1: just,
0: just a little bit. Just oh, a little right. bit. All right. So
1: in light of that, welcome back to Who Raised You, hoes? With this classy, sassy, and just a little bit smart assy commentary to just judge you, hoes and it is now Sunday afternoon court because mm, we don't mm, know mm, what mm. happened on Monday because you know y'all hoes don't show up to court on Monday
0: y'all don't it's sad get your lives together together it's, it's all the way get, get, get it together do something do better shit <laughs> shit shit Sorry, y'all oh child um so we braved the blackout because both neither one of us were in New York so, shout out to us. Hello. Um, even though, of course, I saw it everywhere that it was like a major blackout in New York. Especially due to the fact that it was mainly to a place in Times Square. From what I saw, like literally from a place where you see nothing but lights even in the daytime, it was nothing but pure darkness.
1: Everybody acted like it was a fucking apocalypse
0: to me, but okay. Well, no, they uh, had okay. whole train stations that were like pitch black.
1: Ooh, spooky hood ride. You know what? Halloween just came early.
0: You know what? I don't the way you just don't um you don't do things right. I'm just gonna yeah. What this is what we're gonna do. Um this week, scroll on is gonna be it's gonna be a debate session for scroll on this week. I feel that's right. I feel it in my spirit and in my and in my heart that it's gonna be a debate session this week. So Um, I want to say, for the most part, I think there are two main things besides the typical BS that we like to cover and scroll on this week, because I think there was about two things that just had all of you acting in, like, a fucking frenzy for a whole week.
2: Hmm. Well, one
0: thing in particular, um, well, first things first, the Ice Raid started this week.
1: No, they started
0: today. Oh, that's right. It is Sunday. They started today. Yeah. Um I think one of one of the friends to the show um, Johnny from Black Boy Blitz mm-hmm. he actually gave tips on people that possibly might get visits from ICE mm-hmm. like basically do not let them in your house do not let them fool you into opening your door because technically if you open a door for an ICE yeah, agent they, they guess die. what that's giving them consent to come into your home mm-hmm. so don't actually pick court documents and if they still are hesitant or they still want to try and take you in Don't say anything unless you speak to a lawyer. But please, whatever you do, try and keep yourself safe and from those god-awful detention centers. And
1: I've also seen that you do have a right to an attorney. You do have a right to one phone call. So if you, you know, your family or anyone you know is picked up by ICE, let them know that they do have rights. And they do, you know, they are supposed to be treated humanely. Because we know ICE just popped up all of about, you know, two years ago when this guy, you know, came into office, so, you know, just know that y'all got rights. And, Please know y'all got you rights. Know, make sure you guys stay safe, and if they knock on your door turn on the lights off, say you ain't home.
0: Literally fucking mm. Um So, I didn't know. Uh, we're gonna cover some of the bullshit. Um, I didn't know that Soulja Boy was arrested, or let alone incarcerated.
1: He was, and it was shortly after marriage boot camp. That
0: one, um... That one season. It was shortly after that, but... Yeah, he got... Persist, so... Long story short, he got, um, scheduled early release from jail, which is actually today. July 14th. Okay. Um, so... One of the likely soldiers out being an ignorant motherfucker, like he always is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess, bless the mess, bless it, Lord. Um so the founder of the african-american history museum was found dead in the trunk of a car yes now it's
1: quite surprising it's like why San- so what
0: San- i'm reading this in the shade room um, it, her name is sandy roberts joseph sadie. sadie excuse me roberts joseph and she is the founder of the african-american history museum in baton rouge She was 75. Her body was found on Friday and the cause of death is still unknown. The vehicle was found three miles from her home and it's still nowhere exactly what led what led officers to her car. Now, first of all
1: I bet you somebody was stupid enough to put in an anonymous tip and that's how they found her because that's typically how that shit happens.
0: Or she was targeted. Which, especially any any older African American that possibly could found a museum and Document all of the injustices of this world. You know, you already got a target on your back. But.
2: Well, it was just. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, Auntie Jill came through with a word this week uh, where she basically had something to say to the girls that were taking the cucumber challenge where she humanized herself and said that basically she's an actress and the incident that was recorded of her a few months ago, if you guys remember, when Jill was basically recorded showing like during her show or one of her sets like she was giving Felicia to a microphone um she said things became difficult for her after that video surfaced online like i said before in the show i think around the time it happened a lot of people that are jill scott fans this doesn't surprise you because this is just regular jill especially if you listen to the first album seeing her act as if she's giving Felicia to a microphone does not surprise you in the slightest mm. So she was basically saying it's an inanimate object. Um, it's not a person. And basically, you gotta think about the consequences that come when you upload that damn video. Like, especially for females. Um, you already got a bunch, like, times 10, you got somebody's thirsty motherfucker already in your inbox. Imagine if they see you doing the cucumber challenge, and the next thing you know, you got a bunch of un- times ten unwanted motherfuckers in your inbox trying to talk to you. Like, when La La Milan did that skit, at, uh, skit during the Cucumber Challenge, the height of it, where, like, a dude came to her with a cucumber and he basically was, like, telling her to basically suck the cucumber in front of him. And, like, that shit, though, yes, it's funny, that's also some shit that can actually happen in real life.
2: Mm.
0: So, she said, think, of, think about what you're doing, she said, delete it, or just don't do it. I mean, I get it, I'm pro-ho, but I don't know.
1: There's just some shit you don't put on social media. I don't. I got. Maybe it's just. I don't know. Maybe it's just. There's just some shit you don't put on it. Like I mean. Yeah, you're not thinking about it and are doing it, but there's a lot of unwanted attention and ideas that you can get. Like women are literally being killed for saying no.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like you know. Things that suggested as this, you're putting them on your social media, and we have long said niggas are dangerous. Especially a nigga that's been told no. Exactly. Especially a nigga that's been told no when, you know, he's seen something that you've done to suggest that you might be open to it. Then it's not, it's not to say that, you know, that they're, you know, faultless in this. But there's just some attention you just don't need.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, as women... I mean women, trans women, all of that. We need to protect ourselves in that kind of way. Like just saying, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm cancer for that shit, but I don't know. We just need to be more protective of ourselves and our sexual energy because we being killed for the shit and we being killed for the for our autonomy in having sex and liking it and enjoying it. So, just saying, protect yourselves.
0: That's it. Um, it came out, I want to say, about a week ago that Diddy wanted to possibly reboot making the band. Originally, Aubrey had spoke, basically saying that, um, they would want Danny Kane to be a part of it. Um, of course, I, if Danny Kane's going to be part of it, I'm like, I would want all five members to possibly make an appearance, not just the three. Yeah. That's just me. But, um, apparently, Day 26 went on TNZ to say that they wanted to be a part of it as well. They said
1: they wanted to be mentors, and I was like okay I mean it's a cute it's it's, it's a cute little idea but I'm just saying this is not a time bands are a thing
0: they're really not
1: and I get it you know there's that that Korean band BTS that everybody's like Uh, uh, hot in the fucking uh, pants over I get it but I just don't think we're in the era where bands are a thing
0: they're really not. There's like you find you find less far less bands.
1: Exactly, and if you do find a band, they're really not. They no, mm-mm. nope. Because now it's like okay, it's too much money out here to get, and it's too much money to be split between you and however many other people. Just go out and get it by yourself. But I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. It, it might it might it might be a thing. It might you know. Sprout something, but you know he hasn't had a very good track record when it came to putting these bands out here. They'll come out with one or two ditties and then that's it.
0: I mean, we see and hear more of Cassie now that she's not signed to Bad Boy.
1: Exactly. So I don't know.
0: Um, one Dwayne Carter. Um, we know him as um, Little Boozy. Um, Little Boozy Bird. Never mind. His name's Lil Wayne. So. He had a tangent where he was saying that he was basically going to walk off the tour that he's on currently with Blank 182 Because he was stating that... That's um, a band I
1: haven't heard of in a very... I used to love
0: them. He's currently on tour with Blank 182 He was saying that he was going to walk off and then retracted his statement the next day. And a lot of it, he said, had to do with the crowd. Unlike, um, especially for a rapper that also can, as far as appeal, transcend to the rock crowd, I find it odd that you feel like the crowd isn't for you especially when you had rappers that either tour or did like sessions with a rock band and it actually worked really well
1: mm-hmm. like jay-z and lincoln park that's exactly what i was about to say because i mean i loved lincoln park because I, I wasn't you know very much into hip-hop and all that shit. i was very much my mother's child i really liked rock music but when he like you know came together with lincoln park i was like yo this shit is lit like it, it works, but
0: it depends. So, um, like I said, he retracted, he decided to go back on the tour, and all is fine and dandy and pigs fly and butterflies, all that hot shit.
2: Ugh, Lord.
0: So, uh ooh, child. Heads or tails. Fuck. Heads or tails. Wow, I like getting
2: it from
0: the or
1: tails.
0: So, Jermaine Dupree had made headlines this week. Um, And he stated something that was a bit problematic. Um, No,
1: he was asked a question, and instead of just answering the goddamn question and not being messy, he decided to be fucking messy. And he got read for it.
0: Let's see if I can play this for you you guys real quick on the mic.
1: Maybe. Do you have a favorite right now in the rap game? Cardi B, Nicki, the
2: Megan yeah. Thee Stallion. Um, what do you say out to you? Uh, I can't really say.
0: <laughs> Not a Cardi B fan. <laughs> I have a, no, you know, the reason why I can't say is because I feel like they all rapping about the same thing, and I don't feel like that. I don't think they're showing us who's the best rapper. I think they're trying to show. For me, um, it's it's like strippers rapping, and I don't I don't. As far as rap goes, I don't, I'm not getting who is the best rapper. I'm getting like, okay, you got a story about you dancing in the club. You got a story about you dancing in the club. You got a story about you dancing in the club. Okay. All right. Who's getting ready to, who's right. going to be the so rapper? You so you
3: different. Yeah. So what's I, the I, different, what is the thing that you want to see if you're not like. Just more. I mean, I feel like at some point,
0: somebody's going to have to break out of that mold and just show us, some, you know, talk about other things like rap, just rap about other things besides that.
1: Now, I got got something to say. Go on. Now, for one, who the fuck asked you? Mm -hmm. Two, Mm -hmm. if they want to rap about dancing in the club, everybody's story about dancing in the club is not the same. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And if that's their truth, let them live their truth. Who. Who cares? If that's what people want to listen to, that's what people want to listen to. What you hating for? You mad you can't get Bow Wow's ass off the you know, get get the album? Cause he too busy kicking bitches' asses. So, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But then it's like again, who the fuck asked you? You like he was deliberate to me. He was deliberately trying to be messy. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe is it just me? Uh huh. It just seems to me he was really just trying to cross that line to be messy, but not be messy at the same time. But she was messy. This you could have just said, you know, some generic ass answer and kept it smooth.
0: But she would have thought, oh, maybe it's just not going to tr- transpire into um, a thing across social media. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Oh,
1: it did. He got red. But then the thing he is, got red like, for filth. But then it's like, he's like, oh, nobody's you know, showing how to break out of that role or, you know, showing me something different. Don't nobody got to show you shit different. Ain't nobody got nothing for you. Well,
0: there's one person in particular that responded and I'm going to play it right now.
3: And who is it? So, I have seen a lot of people, right that nowadays female rappers only talk about their pussy and shit, and now that Jermaine Dupree bring it up, now I'm going to say something about it, right? First of all, I rap about my pussy because she's my best friend, you know what I'm saying? And second of all, it's because it seems like that's what people want to hear. I ain't even going to front, because let me tell you something. When I did be careful, people was talking mad shit in the beginning, like, what the fuck is this? This is not what I expected. I expected this, I expected that. So it's like, if that's what people ain't trying to hear... Then, all right, then I'm going to start rapping about my pussy again. And second of all, there's a lot of female rappers. that be rapping their ass off and don't be talking about their pussy and don't be talking about, you know, getting down and dirty. And y'all don't be supporting them. Y'all don't be supporting them and they be mad dope. These bloggers don't support them. They don't give them the recognition. So don't blame that shit on us when y'all not the one that's supporting them. Okay, guys
0: so that's what Belcalis had to say on the topic and I agree with her 100% the sad part is that no one's taking accountability and in this situation it's more so there's a market and a place for everyone female rappers included
1: exactly
2: you have
0: a bunch of female rappers that do not rap about their vagina that do not rap about sitting here and getting a man for some fucking money they rap about real shit case in point like Lee 47 yes Okay, you have Rhapsody. You have a whole plethora of lists and people sleep on Drizzy so much that a lot of people think she just raps. I'm like, no, Drizzy sings as well. There's a lot of female rappers out here that do not just rap about their vagina. They actually rap about real shit and show that they have local capability. Just because they want to talk about the most powerful part on a woman body bi- on a woman's body does that mean it takes away from their, vocal cap- their lyrical capability of delivering a song?
1: Exactly, but then it's the same thing. Y'all niggas rap about your dick, y'all rap about fucking bitches, and y'all rap about the same shit, money and cars and clothes and all that shit, so why can't female rappers do the same?
0: They can rap about that because they can rap, like, a lot of people also forget on Cardi's album is a song called Get Up 10, where she talked about getting out of the strip club. Hello! Or having to work in the strip club because it was money.
1: Because it's their truth. What a lot of people get away from is that the whole point of hip hop and rap was to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And nobody can take that story from you because you experienced that shit. Mm-hmm. So, him coming, like, he was completely out of pocket. Him just coming out of nowhere talking about some, oh, they all rapping about shaking their ass in the club and getting out of the club. Okay, that's their truth. Ain't nobody asked you for shit.
0: Not to mention, you had artists back in the 90s like Little Kim your Foxy Brown. Thank you. That uh, their uh, their whole persona was sex appeal. Thank you. That was their whole persona. So why is on God's Earth now is the problem? Because you're hearing about it more explicitly now than you did before.
1: And they don't like that shit.
0: <coughs> they don't. They Oh, they can't stand it. They hate
1: that they shit. They cannot
0: fucking stand it.
1: They be like, oh, y'all bitches are securing yourselves? Y'all don't give a fuck about us? Y'all gonna treat us like we treat y'all? Oh, hell no. Yes, bitch. It's a hot girl summer, we
0: fucking coming. Not to mention the fact that some of the people that fall under that umbrella would be your Megan Thee Stallions, mm-hmm. would be your Cash Dolls, would be your Cardis, would be your Nickis. It would be your... All the dolls fall in this category as well. Like, not just talking Cash Dolls, talking Asian Dolls, talking um, Dream Doll. All of these mm-hmm. women fall under the category of basically exploiting sexual sex appeal.
1: explicit, ex- uh, explicit lyrics. So, and then at the end of the day, who cares? If it's a bop, if it's a diggly, who cares? People love it. It makes people happy. Let people do what the fuck makes them happy. Because, nigga, this motherfucking Trump, this motherfucking Trump is about to kill our asses. So, let's get a little twerking. Let's talk about some pussy. And keep us moving.
0: Speaking of um, y'all's president, segue. Um, Into? The hellhole.
1: Oh.
0: So... The state
1: of the black union.
0: Bitch. Politics is bullshit. So he basically decides to go on a tyrant about Congresswomen that basically opposed him. Um, He released a real racist tweet this morning. Um, Three tweets in particular.
1: He must have had a really hard time taking the shit. Because that's typically when he um, tweets the most angriest of things. I don't know. It's probably sit on his toilet this morning at five thirty. Why would you put that Tuesday image in my head? Shit. That's
0: just so foul. Why would you put that image in my head earlier?
1: Niggas be tweeting on total shit. Now, so he goes to say, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world. Mm. so we already know the AOC the OG from NYC okay had a wonderful clapback
0: couple tweets it was quite
1: I'm not gonna read all of them
0: it was quite enjoyable but
1: she definitely read him down for a lot of shit that he said and this makes you think if these people that support him don't think that he's not a white nationalist and a racist this tweet showed that all because he told a couple of black, uh, not black, non, non-white congresswomen.
0: Non-people of color.
1: I said non-white.
0: You know what? Okay. We're right.
1: Yes. Non-white. Bam. There it is. Now, I got to snap myself back into the Uh uh-huh. Okay. So, he told a lot of non-white congresswomen to go back to where they came from. That was essentially what it was.
0: Like they were not born here.
1: Exactly. So, you can't say that he's not a white nationalist. You can't say that he's not a racist because he literally pulled a page out of the white nationalist and racist book. Mm. Go back to where you came from. Well, bitch, if you ain't taking me from where the fuck I was, I would be there.
0: Well, not to mention, like I stated, all these women were are U.S. citizens. It's not like they are undocumented um, immigrants. They're basically U.S. citizens. They serve the public. Why would you tell them to go back to their country? That makes absolutely exactly. no sense. So, to
1: oh, you gonna send me back to NYC? Oh, okay, cool. All right, cool.
0: You want to send me back to Michigan? Bad. 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 Okay. I
1: ain't gotta see you. Bad.
0: Problem solved.
1: And stop doing all this ancestry shit. The fucking kits hmm don't do that shit why nigga that shit is a fuck yo call me a conspiracy theorist that shit is a fucking scam i don't even know where the fuck you stole me from
0: oh well
1: and then now somebody's got your dna and what do they do with dna like that they fucking store it and guess what if you watch american horror story like i do the last season they kind of put that into the story where it was basically an apocalypse people were dying and they were searching for people with quote-unquote superior dna so they the government bust up in this white boy's house and they were like you come with me and he's like what what's going on and everybody his family's like all right so we're gonna go with him no we don't need y'all we need him he has superior dna they took his ass Mm. so don't do that shit And especially they need more people to fucking clone like us. Now I'm cool. Speaking of DNA. Oh, I think I know where we're going with this.
0: Speaking of motherfucking DNA. Mm. Come on with
2: it.
0: When Jesus says lock him up, he meant it. Okay. Mm. He locked him up and threw away the key. Come on. So, um, it came out that I want to say Thursday. Um, Thursday evening. Because
1: that was when you tagged me in the on yes. Instagram, right? It yes.
0: Thursday evening, Robert Kelly, better known as R. Kelly, was arrested. I think it was here in New York. Oh, you
1: nasty
0: bastard. He is being arrested. Well, first of all, these are federal charges now. This is different from stateside. This is federal. <laughs> he was arrested on... I'm trying to pull up the actual story. Give me a moment. He's
1: been arrested for child pornography and... Um, I forgot what the
0: other charge was. It was, um, shit. Yeah, I forgot what it was. I know one of them was child pornography. Um, let's see. I'm reading this from CNN. Nearly two days later, Kelly is facing two separate federal grand jury indictments in Illinois and New York. The indictments released Friday alleged Kelly re- recruited women for se- um, women for sex. Persu- um, persuaded people to conceal that he had sexual contact with teenage girls and sent hundreds of thousands of dollars buying back the domestic videotapes. T- um, video now, apparently, excuse me, allegedly, his team has turned on him. Now, they turned in over 20 tapes of him and teenage girls having sexual intercourse now allegedly once again holding up my T.S. Madison voice, um, sign allegedly is also stated that he had paid like I just stated he had paid thousands of dollars to friends and family to keep his secret and also it's being is being alleged that the families of some of the girls were actually paid for their daughters and it's actually in the documents that they've received I wouldn't be
1: surprised I would not be surprised. So, and you know, after the documentary, I think, me personally, myself and I, think that everybody on that fucking shit should have been charged.
0: Well, say. because
1: think. you knew it, and you've been cut. Co- you've been allowing him to cover it up for years, and you have said nothing. Nothing. You time. have. You have allowed him to abuse. Little black girls to abuse them.
0: Black and brown. Black and
1: brown. You've allowed him to break them mentally.
0: He was wrestling in Chicago, but continue.
1: Yeah, he was. You've allowed him to break them mentally, and you've seen it. You went on this documentary and said you've seen it. You've a lot of you have caught him in various acts with different with multiples of these girls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and you have said nothing but you come on a documentary to tell everything so now yes you do make people sound right when they say okay so now the money dried up and now you you out here telling and giving up tapes you make that shit sound true when essentially it, it's it appears more and more so because nobody's streaming his shit Nobody's going to his concerts. He has to cancel them. He can't travel out of the country. Hell no. So I think he should not be the only one with charges because you've had people who were accomplices to it. You knew that he was bringing these girls around. You knew that you were bringing these girls around him for for him to abuse. Everybody from the top to the bottom should get some form of charge too because you aided in him doing that because without y'all doing that he wouldn't have done it or I wouldn't say he wouldn't have done it he wouldn't have as much ease and access to them to do that
0: well I still believe at this point that Everybody needs some type of legal action. It's not just him. I feel like you shouldn't just have him out here by himself. I feel like everyone that's involved, everyone that's new, that new, needs some type of legal action as well against him as well. Charges, press, whatever may have you. But he shouldn't. At this point, I just feel like because there were so many accomplices in the crimes, I feel like he shouldn't have to deal with all of this by himself. Though he's yeah, the most exactly. guilty, he's the most, most guilty, guilty in the shit. Exactly. But you had people that enabled him to continue to do the shit.
1: Exactly, like that that one manager. He knew he was fucking Aaliyah. He knew it. He knew. And he helped him marry her. You knew it was wrong. You said on the documentary you knew it was wrong.
0: And you still helped. him. And you
1: still helped him.
0: You still fucking helped him.
1: And then you knew he was bringing more girls around. And you helped them. You, y'all you all have turned a blind fucking eye at all y'all need fucking charges. Everybody.
0: Every fucking body. At this point, I feel like it needs to be an unbiased version of this um, whole tape besides Surviving R. Kelly. Hello. There needs to be a complete 360 from one from his side and one from the victim's side and then one from the general fucking public that have to watch this bullshit and have to continue to deal with it on a regular exactly. basis. Speaking of charges, well... Ja Rule has been cleared in the Firefest fraud lawsuit.
1: Because <laughs> wasn't that, It's funny. I wonder if he used that fucking logic he used on a documentary. I forget which one it was, the Netflix or the Hulu. Probably the Netflix one. Where he was like, well, it's not necessarily fraud. We just didn't tell them X, Y, and Z. And the dude was like, that's, that that's fraud. And I'm like, that's what the fuck fraud is... You know, you, you, you would you switch on some shit, and that's
0: it. Like, so apparently the judge believes that he was very well, that he very well could have been hustled, meaning very much so they could have been that old boy could have been sitting here and hyping him up to believe that it was really going to happen. In reality, it didn't. But remember, Ja Rule during the actual like when everything happened, like you watch the documentary. I think I watched both.
1: I watched both of them too.
0: Now, if you remember when they got to the island, and everything Ja Rule was not there. So I rolled it and show up. It was just oh, it was just I forget the, the dude's name right now. It was just him by himself mainly okay. there, but it was just it was a fucking nightmare. It was.
1: It was a it was terrible.
0: nightmare.
1: But it was funny to see a whole bunch of rich kids live like poor people for day or two. It was just. It was. It
0: that, was, was funny. that was funny as fuck. It was. It was hilarious. It literally was poetic justice at its finest.
1: There's no bathrooms and no no. We, we had to already. Oh, we, we had to run. To we run. had to fight for toilet paper. We had to fight for a tent, and some of them didn't have beds. There was like FEMA tents, and like we had cheese sandwiches and salad. Cheese sandwiches and salad. Bitch, cheese sandwich will get you right. Bitch, please.
0: No, that's what, no. You gotta keep it by. It's something that you're not. This is disconnect. You have to understand. They paid thousands. Carlin. They paid thousands of dollars to be there. They were being fed fucking cheese sandwiches they and salad. A lot
1: of them asked mom and daddy for that fucking money. So, all like, right. They on.
0: were out of money, though. That's the whole poetic justice of the whole situation.
1: Well, they now not know how poor people feel. When you're out of money, you got to eat fuckers in the house. Oh, guess right. what's in the house? Fucking lettuce, tomatoes, and cheese, and bread.
0: I still want to know who the fuck is giving them this money back. Mm. I would love to fucking know who's giving them this money back. Um. Well, I think we have a few more uh, points to cover. Um. How to get away with murders ending after the next season that's coming up, season oh, six. I never
2: watched
0: it. <coughs> First of all, I still am a little... Well, it's kind of... It makes sense to end it after season six, because if you go past this, it's like, what's the point?
1: That's like what power... I was kind of happy that 50 Cent decided to end it. I think he's trolling. But then when he changed his mind, I was like, I think like, he's trolling.
0: I think he's trolling.
1: It's like, okay, the formula's kind of getting. I'll, I'll still watch it. I'll probably watch it until I get tired of it, but it's still the same formula. How many more connects and bad guys and, you know, big bosses you got to fucking kill and how much fucking underhanded shit Angela gonna do and how much fucking shit. What's that child's name? Naturi? Oh. Tasha. How is she going to fucking solve in a fucking episode? How, like, okay, this is getting old.
0: Uh, well.
1: And then now I see in this season, they're going to turn the two main characters against each other. But then guess what? You can't kill them because if you decide to keep the show going, who the fuck is going to run the story?
0: You kill those, you kill the show.
1: Exactly. Or I guess they may kill him and bring Tariq up.
0: No, please, Scott. He gets on my nerves. Alright, so I have one more question to ask. Mm. Are you ready?
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: I'm jumping up. Team what? Joe Button or Team Crystal?
1: It's Crystal. Crystal. And she beat your ass if she hears you call her Crystal. Now, and you are why do you even need to ask me that question?
0: Why do I need to ask you that question?
1: Because, you know, I'm Team Crystal all I want to be
0: like her when I grow up. So. Crystal had a few choices, um, had brought up a regulation of an interview from Asap Rocky before this whole situation took place in Sweden. Um, where basically he was cited saying that basically he doesn't want to focus on, basically get his hat into politics or anything mm-hmm. that possibly can project his platform to use it in a positive light.
1: But you need that, po- that politics now, boo.
0: You need the politics now because now you're arrested in Sweden and you're in your inhumane conditions, And they
1: are not letting the U.S. get to you. How that feel, Claire?
0: So Crystal brought up, a old, brought up the interview, and of course Joe Button had a few choice words about it. He actually called her a bum on um, his podcast. Um, Look at her. Yeah, No, he called her a bum. Um, and of course Crystal took to her Twitter to clap back at him and basically everyone that knows and I, I do podcasting we network with a lot of podcasts but there's one podcast that literally set the bar and it broke the, it basically opened the door for urban podcasters to come in and do their fucking thing and that's the read. I would never and no matter what goes on I would never disrespect or take away what crystal excuse me crystal and kid fury brought to the podcasting world so to sit here and actually say oh that i don't like basically you didn't open a door for me Is kind it's really fucking disrespectful regardless of who you are it's really fucking disrespectful and she made that very fucking clear like i paved the way for you you came in on my, you came in on the back of my efforts. I, I, I
1: just, I just, mmm. What your woman was so mad at?
0: There's a lot of things that Was that,
1: you want to silence that or did you want to, um, no, I'm
0: sorry. Because you're, you're being a little bit rude. I know, but silence it was actually. In court. First of all, that was your fucking notification of my Twitter. So let's not say that we did. No,
1: no, no, baby. Because my phone is. Oh, no. I know it's my. I know it's my. I know it is. Don't. I know it is. Don't. But whose phone is still up? <coughs> you get your better cough because I know you got some excuses. But anyway, let's get back into the topic. You won't. I'm going to beat your ass. You
2: won't. <laughs> Continue you might, though. You know
1: what? This man is lucky. He is playing my bachelorette party and I need that shit
0: to be lit. I I'm need a sidebar sidebar. I need some fucking tips. First of all, and I want y'all's opinion. Let's see who actually listens this week. Oh I need some fucking God. tips. I need <laughs> I'm gonna start a poll out this bitch. I'm gonna start a poll. As first of all, I <laughs> love Aaliyah dearly. But as a gay man, it's a little awkward to plan a bachelorette party.
1: There are multiple men of honors who plan bachelorette parties for their bride friend all the time.
0: Yeah, but I'm a little, I don't know. I feel a little awkward doing yes, it. Yes, but
1: see the thing is, I need to do it evenly. I have two people that are of honor in my bridal party. My sister, who's maid of honor, and you, who are man of honor. So, I'm not doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> I have a master's and doctorate degree, so I'll, I'll interject here and there, but you know, I kind of want my bachelorette to be a surprise. There's and no surprise. There's in no the, surprise. The
0: there, let me tell y'all something with Aaliyah. I love her to death, but I see it coming now, and she knows I say this from a place of love. Aaliyah is literally, I promise you we're missing a camera, because she deserves her own episode of Bridezilla's. <laughs> I am not,
1: yo, I am not a Bridezilla. I do not have that much drama in my life.
0: You, you're right, but here's the problem. I, here, I want everyone's opinion on this. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. I, this is the thing when you have not one, but two people that deal with anxiety. You have the bride who already suffers from anxiety, the, the the man of honor that has it and still struggles with the shit every day. So when Aaliyah is venting on the frustrations when it comes to certain actual details of planning the wedding, let it, whether it's the actual wedding, the bachelorette party, so on and so forth, is of Why course it's a lot gotta of
1: gotta Be on a ten though, like...
0: oh my god. So you imagine having back to back text messages it's like girl you do realize we have time to stress meaning it's time. like yes you want everyone to financially be able to afford it I get it but we have a little bit of wiggle room until the fall when it's time to put pressure on bitches next
1: a little because okay, then I'm going to need you and my sister to step up and be like look bitches we need to get together today
0: not to mention, Aaliyah, Aaliyah doesn't know, I think I didn't tell her. No, I did tell you that also, I don't know, I have to check with my best friend. My best friend's getting married too. And that's another bridal party that I have to be a part of. So it's like, I have two bridal parties. One that I have to help actually plan the bridal shower. I'm a man, I feel mad uncomfortable going to like a baker and be like, can I have a bunch of penis pops and penis cakes? Like, I don't know. I guess it's the part where the guy part of me kicks in is like, I feel a little awkward. <laughs> Don't
1: feel awkward.
0: But, anywho, share your suggestions, whatever may have you. Because I promise you, I'm just a little me as well as a little awkward. I'll say that. <laughs> a little, not a lot. A little awkward. But, um, I think that's what we got. I think I've ranted enough about the bullshit on our timelines this yeah, week. Yeah,
1: but the way he's going at out like that... We, we we went off topic. We went severely off topic. We really, we did. We we really, really
0: did. We so really did. So let's get did. back to
1: it. Now who the fuck is Joe Buddh First of a all.
0: Bone? First of all, love Joey, but there's one thing that a lot of people fail to realize. His career was technically taking a nose off when he discovered podcasting. I'ma
1: I'ma take I'ma take a page out of his book. The niggas a fucking coon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The niggas are fucking cool. Because how you want to go at a black woman who only used the words of the man who's in the same shit and attack her he for it and attack her for the shit? She only said his words. It wasn't like she said it and it happened to be true. No, it was the nigga who's in the predicament who said it and it's true. Like,
0: it's his exa- It's an exact excerpt from an interview he did
1: exactly, and she didn't say shit. She was just like, "I'm gonna leave this, this right here, and I'm gonna walk away. I'm gonna challenge y'all with this."
0: Like it's something he said years ago.
1: Exactly, and then it's like, okay,
0: now you, you think now you have the of course fellow rappers that's sitting here and they're of course co-signing with co-signing with you, but at the same time. The one, especially this, the one that shocked me the most is T.I. As pro-black as you fucking are, you're siding with him?
1: No. T.I. is not pro-black.
0: I'm sorry, he's, he's, pro, he's, he's pro-pro-black.
1: He's pro-black when it counts. You know what I'm saying? He, now, he's, no. No. Don't scratch that. He's pro-black for clout.
0: Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. He's know.
1: pro-black for clout. So, he's... On the side, when it comes to, you know, oh, yeah, the court system and being arrested and cops and blah, 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 and let's boycott Gucci and you need to do this, you need to shut the fuck up about Laura Bunda expeditiously, all that bullshit, you're pro-black for cloud. You're not pro-black across the board, 10 10 across the board. You are only pro-black for that one, that one moment that springs you into relevancy in social media and then you go back into your troll hole. So, I really pay everything T.I., what T.I. says with a grain of fucking salt. Well? Because he's about as effective as a fucking football bat. So, uh,
0: that's all we got on um, scroll on for this week. Because I just, I give T.I. very Oh, well. wait a minute. What happened? I have
1: to shout out. Yes. A fellow dark skin woman. Who? Now, I don't think you've seen this, but Lashana Lynch is oh, yes, yes. 007. Come yes. on, baby. Yes.
0: A black woman. Not a white man, but a black woman. I ain't
1: never seen one of the movies, but even if I pay for a ticket and don't go, I'm going
0: to pay it for a ticket. Okay. So, on that note, that wraps up score one. We're going to refill our cups real quick, and we'll be right back.
1: Yeah, I had to
0: go refill that good old cup. But while we're here, thank you so much for your continued support for the actual podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, please continue to like, which means you actually like what you heard. Rate. It helps us get us up with the rankings, especially with Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, which means you download. You don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. Would you like to keep in contact with the actual conversation going on even after the podcast is released? And yes, I do check my social media handles on the regular. For Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it is WRYH Podcast. Once again, it is WRYH Podcast. I'm also looking to collaborate with other podcasters. Would you like to be on this show? Would you want me on yours? Fine. Email me at WRYH Podcast. Podcast at gmail.com once again it is W-R-Y-H podcast at gmail.com once again thank you for your continued support and let's get back to the show I'm pretty sure my cup is full by now I think before we get into our rant uh, not our rant before we even get into our um, the thread I think Aaliyah has something she needs to let off of her chest
1: so I'm pretty sure if you listen to the show you watch Pose now a lot of y'all like me was tore the fuck up when certain news came to the house of Evangelista and the house of Fero- Wait. Ferocity. No, not Ferocity. They changed it because what's-a-face join the house? Who? Electroabundance. Oh, she formed the house. The house that went to her. Oh, okay. Never mind then. So yes, the house of Ferocity. Um, That episode tore me the fuck up. Now, I can't really go into it because... My man Ivana has not watched the show yet. We don't know what's taking him so long, but you know what? We're going to work on it. we we really going to work on it because he needs to get his life together. Because if we're going to record on Sundays, then I don't know. Yeah, I gave y'all a spoiler on when we record or whatever, but I'm rubbing his back because he's just...
0: I'm upset. He's just a
1: poor, unfortunate goddamn soul. You're not going to anyway, talk about Anyway,
0: You're not going to talk about it. So... Me.
1: There's many friends I have. One. Candy deserved better. There is no reason why. As a. Black transgender woman. That she got her love. Her recognition and her flowers. When she died. Mm -hmm. There is no reason why. There should be treatment. Of dark skinned transgender women in that way I get it it fit with the story and you know what shout out to Mahogany Rose Walker on Facebook baby I'ma tag you because she got me into Paris is Burning I never knew about it you never watched Paris is Burning I've never, I have never heard about it I never heard about it until she posted on Facebook and she They're told busy. me about it she was like go, go look at it she said that's what it reminds me of
0: no, uh, like, honestly, sorry to cut you off in the middle of your rant. Majority of the characters from the show basically... Come from it, yes. The show yes. itself comes from yes. Harris's burning. Yes,
1: yes. So, damn, but I'm going to give away how she died. You don't wanna go in a don't, room don't. and go put some headphones on No, all
0: no, just do all right.
1: Y'all know they on no social media for me already. But I don't want to ruin that one part. Well, I mean, there's only one way she can actually pass, so... Go on. Everyone on. I don't want to ruin it, though. If I said ruin it, ruin it, damn it. Fuck it. Alright, y'all see he gave me the permission. So, if y'all see him tag me in some wild shit, I can read his ass. Now, so, for the way that Candy passed, I would think that Lulu would have been the one to pass in the way that she did. Reason being, if you look back at Paris is Burning... Look at how the, um, the Latina Oh, the uh, one that woman, was like a
0: prostitute? Yes. Mm-hmm. How she passed. She was found in the closet. I that
1: one? It. I could not. I had to pause it for a second when I watched it. Because I felt the tears in my eyes. Because I cried then in Paris is Burning. It's sad. I believe only one person from Paris is Burning is still living. Exactly. So I cried then when Paris was burning. I had to pause because I started. And you know I watch my shows at work because it makes the time go fast. I had to pause it because I was like, bitch, you're not going to cry today. You're not going to do it. Janet Mock not going to get you like this. So when they said how they found her, I had to pause again.
0: How did they find her? I'm not telling you. This too so, late. You're already telling them what happened. How did they find her?
1: You already knew. You said this before we recorded.
0: I knew she died. I didn't know how she I'm died. I'm not telling you because no, I'm not going to be the one. Then what is the point of bringing up if you're not going to say it? Say you're it.
1: Not, you're not going to do this to me. Say it. it.
0: You're already going to it. Fuck
1: it. They found her in the closet. Well, not they, but the cleaning people found her in the closet. And you know I would think that Lulu would have been that way. That would have been Lulu's story because, you know, it matching with, you know, the movie. But I guess because she's going to be on American Horror Story because, you know, that's my show. September 18th. Let's go. She's going to be on American Horror Story. So she transitioned on to something better, but she deserved fucking better. I can honestly say, and
0: um, because I've experienced this before, um, I want to say about a year probably two years ago I had one of my friends um, was found I'm not gonna say his name Mm. he was found in a park in the trunk of his car Um, and it's just like the actual things that were being said around the time that he passed it just it was disgusting it was literally fucking disgusting to see some of the things not to mention he was not out to his family Mm. so that was like the worst and wrong like wrongest way for his family to find out about his personal life and his personal choices and how he lived his life yeah not it's just it, it it took a lot but we're gonna cut this here because the actual thread needs to start and i have to actually input the actual interview
1: Yes, we do. We have a so, very wonderful guest.
0: Very, yes. very wonderful guest. So stay tuned. I'm about to actually plug it in. Hello. Okay. We're back from commercial break. Um, let me see. Is it on? Is it on? Yes, he knows he's being recorded. Can we start? I guess it's not showing me a time. Oh, here we go. And we're back. <laughs> so, um we so it doesn't sound like how we normally sound, and that's perfectly fine. Um, this week on this thread, we actually have a guest. I love guests. We love guests around here. Um, he's actually one of my friends, and he's also an author, first time author, might I add. Um, his name is I'm oh, sorry, I'm so rude. I will introduce my guest. Why don't you introduce yourself?
4: Um, um Hello, my name is DeAndre Mathis, author of the book, Four Walls, please go get it on Amazon, it'll be everywhere soon. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure well, well, we know you're here to discuss a book. Yes, that is very much true. By the way, did you read it? Did you like it?
0: We have read it.
4: I'm not, go-
1: I'm going to be
0: honest, I'm going to be very frank with you.
4: Oh,
1: Lord. That shit made my anxiety go from one to a hundred.
0: It Honest to God, of all the books I read, this was the one book that as, because my anxiety is like really spiking at the moment, I could not finish it.
1: I finished it. I pushed through. Okay. Um, I guess that was the, the soldier in me was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to just go balls to the wall with it and finish it.
4: <laughs> um, I appreciate you. it is a, it's, it's one of those books that is Oh my God! So that that leads
1: me to my question. Hold on one second. Do you mind
0: if we? Do you want us to get spoilers, or do you just want to ask broad questions?
4: Broad questions. I I mean, you can ask some spoilers in there. I may or may not answer them. Okay. He
0: might just
4: say
0: no comment. He might (laughs) just say. What exactly led you to writing four walls?
1: Bitch,
4: throw my question. Um. So honestly, uh, three years ago, three or four years ago, I was in a really, 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 really uh, depressive mindset. Um, the first actual first chapters of the book is, you know, things from my diary that I used to write daily um, to the point where uh, how he mentioned how he was on the verge of trying to kill himself and banging his head on the wall, trying to work out and feeling like, he can't do anything. And that's how I feel personally in that space. Um, and then afterwards, um, I actually showed it to a couple of close friends at the time and I, they told me this was beautiful. And to me, I didn't think it was beautiful. I'm just, you know, depressed, depressed as hell. (laughs) So they told me to turn it into a story and I actually, that's what I did. And that's how four walls became four walls. So
0: hmm so basically if you guys start to read the book it starts off so dark my question is was that a symbolism of either depression or anxiety
4: yes it, w- it had a lot to do with anxiety a lot to do with depression um usually when i speak to somebody about the book the very first thing that they usually say is there's a lot of anxiety in this book it gives me anxiety Yes. Um. Okay,
2: so
1: that, so that's where I figured it was coming from, because I saw how it was kind of here and there. And now that you mentioned that it was about anxiety, for me, and experiencing my own anxiety, that's how it is. It's like, it's, it's here and there. And you know, your thoughts lead you to one spot, and then you go to another. And then you go to something else, and then you come back to that thought. And then you go to something else, and then you go back to the other thought. So I definitely see, from what you said, by it represents anxiety. I actually kind of like how you portrayed it. That that actually makes more sense now. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Um. Well, I mean, and another part of that, too, is that I left it. I kind of, I don't want to say I left it a clean slate, but I kind of made some things, some so many things unknown, like his race, um his name all these questions i wanted the reader to actually put themselves in the situation i I made it a black and white and i wanted the reader to put color to it themselves because um i wanted i wanted everybody that i spoke to to have a completely different experience with the book than from what i wrote it and usually when i speak to people about the book everybody has something completely different from what they got out of it or what they think is happening because they put themselves anywhere. And it's not just Gray's story, it's Gray's story, it's great it's you reading Gray's story, but it's also your story and you reading your story while reading Gray's story. It's a lot. <laughs> so my
0: my question is, it Lord, the book just transitions and you get lost in how it transitioned or what took place and why. <laughs> it's more of my question would be. Who inspired
4: this style of writing?
0: Honestly, Please? nobody. <laughs> Seriously?
4: Nobody. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. One day, I just started writing. Um, I'm not really much of a reader. I used to be a, a reader when I was in middle school, high school. I used to read books here and there. But
2: mm-hmm. after
4: high school, I sat down and just started writing. I've, I've told um, Fabian that I've been sitting on this book for three years. And Fabian is actually the one... I think I got maybe four chapters, 14 chapters deep, and I stopped writing on it. Fabian's actually the one that told me, you need to finish this. You you got to finish this. This is going to be epic. Um, yes, shout out
1: to Fabian.
0: <laughs> yes, shout <out> to Fabian. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell. Yo. Besides, of course, Fabian, who, is, who would be a writer writers that inspired you to write the book?
4: Um, Neil Shertonman. For sure. Neil Shurterman is when I grew I, up, all of his uh, fantasy books spoke to me in a major, major way, especially the trilogy of uh, Everlast. I don't know if y'all know that, but it is like one of my favorite series of all time.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, Of course, the Harry Potter books. Um, The Hunger Games series was a defin- definitely a... Uh, a major, major inspiration to me. That's um, But besides, it, honestly, it kind of, I kind of just channeled it all. Like I would just sit down. I actually wrote the rest of the book at my desk at work, and I would just sit down, and it would just all come out of me and flow out of me. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have a couple other books that I'm gonna put out later, but just yeah, keep them on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well we can link
1: them, you know, when we finish the podcast so that way people can go and read your books because I definitely you know, now that you have explained it, I definitely got a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of having my own epiphany and I'm like excited to go home and reread it again. And be like, oh shit, I missed that. Or oh, like I didn't really go, you know, grasp onto that. So I'm really um it was really interesting to uh to read. Um do you have any figures in this in this book that are inspired by real people? Mm. Um, no. All of
4: everything that I put into the book, uh, I kind of switched it up and took it into my personal life. Like um, mm-hmm. the part where Gray actually fights his dad. Um, yes, there was a point when I was a little kid, and my dad actually, I I grew up with you know, trying to fight my dad because my dad used to beat my ass.
2: So <laughs> mm. um,
4: that was a lot of that stuff is kind of personal experiences for me that I've just taken up and switched it around. And some of that stuff, it just kind of came out of like a whole different space. I don't even, some of it is just Gray's story, to be quite honest with you. But some of it did come from a place for me internally that I was trying to get out and um, and that's kind of why, like, I want to have these discussions. I, I eventually want to have group discussions, open discussions about situations like this: domestic violence, um, anxiety, depression, um, questioning uh, your spirituality, just everything. That's why I, at the book, the um, end of the book, I pretty much asked questions, and at the end of it, I said questions everything because it mm-hmm. makes you question everything.
1: Yes, yes, so, you're right and that's what i i kind of held on to at the end of it and it was kind of it kind of like it lingered in my head like question everything question everything but then i was like you know what that's what my anxiety does to me it uh-huh. makes me question everything and second guess everything that i had to process that comes in
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it was and i kind of related to you know gray in that sense where he he was he was witnessing what was going on
2: uh-huh.
1: but in the midst of his fear, he was trying to rationalize it at the same time, yes. and that's what you know kind of stuck with me when it said, you know, when when the end it said question everything, and I was like, oh shit, like, and I was like, you know, that's why he was you know trying to question and trying to gain some type of understanding of everything that was going on, even though he didn't know what was going on. So I, I really like that, that notion.
4: <laughs> yes, I mean. Um... Some of the people that I've spoke to about the book, uh, they tell me every time they read it, they learn something different. So I definitely encourage you to read it multiple times, um, because a lot of people, a lot of people that I know that have read the book, they're waiting on the next book because they want to know what's going to happen. But if you read it, like really, really delve into it, it tells you like what's really happening. And there's yeah. also. Um, little secret codes in the book here and there. I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> I definitely encourage you to read it again, especially after this conversation. Um, Can I answer your question, actually? What did y'all sure. think of it switching from first and third person? Um, you you, you want to go first
0: on that one? I want you to go first, so I'll develop my thought on that.
1: What I thought about it switching from first and third person um. It was interesting because I'm a reader and mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. books and, you know, you typically don't see a lot of books like that, that switch between different, um, different sections of consciousness, or I guess for lack of a better word, but, I like that. um, that for me, it gave me. That sense that not only was I starting to assimilate with Gray, Mm -hmm. I was starting to make myself, you know, him and his thoughts were mine and I was feeling everything he was feeling. But then also that that other presence drew me out of that and it felt like I was watching him. So not it was like I was in two different roles. I was Gray, but I was also watching him at the same time it's kind of like a Black Mirror type of thing it was kind of weird but it was fun the
0: funny part was when I read this book, <laughs> all that can come to my mind besides Black Mirror was like I thought Al, um, Alfred, um, Alfred Hitchcock yes um, I thought Twilight Zone mm-hmm. yes. yes it took me to like because number one I'm claustrophobic so starting the book automatically and number one there's no doors and there's no windows mm. bitch My anxiety just was like, oh, no, this is not, this, this can't be, this can't, we cannot deal, we can't read shit like this. This is too much.
1: And it was funny because I was thinking after reading it, I went back through the details and thinking of the no doors and no walls, to me, it sounded like this is me drawing into myself because I'm an introvert. So yes. I very much draw into myself when I'm either very overwhelmed, I'm stressed out, I'm anxious, or I'm depressed. So I thought of it as Gray drawing into himself and checking a lot of the things that have happened in his life that have got him to the current state that he's at, to where he has to draw into himself and take care of himself.
4: Yes, because if you notice, the moments where he did figure something out or when things weren't so... Heavy on him were the moments when he actually sat down and breathed and took the moment Mm -hmm. to understand what was going on and tried to rationalize it. But then when everything started happening and he was trying to figure out what's going on, this, this, and that, that's when, like, his anxiety started to peak and he started to Mm -hmm. lose his mind and things started to happen constantly, constantly, constantly.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: It was, for me, the first and third person thing. It kind of happened on accident. Um, I was writing the book in third person pretty much the whole time, but then I kind of got bored with it, and so um, I I noticed like midway through the book, I switched to, I had I in there, and I switched to first person, and so then I started reading it, and I was like, this actually sounds pretty good, so I went back and switched it, I made the odd, I think I believe the odd one's first person, and the even one's third person, I'm not really sure how I did it, But then, towards the end of the book, I don't know if you notice it, but that third person actually was a third person. It was actually a person at the end of that book. Mm. That was watching or being a part of Gray's experience.
0: Mm. I think I have a question.
4: Yes.
2: How
0: in the hell did the baby come into this?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can tell that one. (laughs) Um. Well, my question uh, before I answer your question, my question is: What did you take away from? What did that symbolize for you?
0: I I feel like the I feel like the baby um symbolizes inner child. Inner child. Yeah. Um. Or it symbolizes the trauma he experienced as a child. I'll say that. Or
1: I can I can kind of kind of counter that. What? I think that the baby represented the trauma of birth because birth is very traumatic for babies Mm -hmm. because you're in this, this comfortable space, you know, you chilling, you get everything you need. And then it's like, oh shit, I'm coming into this light and there's people and I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know who this is. So it's like, yeah, I'm a baby. But then when... Remember how last week I said that we remained stuck at the age where we received the least love? Hello, child. Oh, look, oh, look. snap. So, look at the part where you know his caretaker left him. Uh-huh. And he couldn't understand what was going on. So then he found these people and they took him in. So it's like, okay. Baby. And that's where we were left at. We, he had, we were left at the place where he drew into himself to check out, to kind of basically nurture that child out of that stage. And it's like what Crystal says in the read, that inner parenting. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to parent your inner child. So it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you need what you need, but all right, we got to do this and we got to, you know, kind of bring you up to the next stage. So if we can bring ourselves out of that that stage where we receive the least love, we can grow up into the person that we're supposed to be. But of course, you know, society and, and the pressures of things that, you know, need to happen right now and where we need to be as, you know, adults, that doesn't help. But, you know, we do need to take the time to parent that inner child that was left at that age where love with, was, with, was withdrawn from us. Well, that's what I took it as.
0: Beautifully said. <laughs> so, it. we're going to get off of the book for a moment. Because yeah, <laughs> um, you know, you know, we got to yes, pick your brain. We got to pick your brain. <laughs> yes, we have to pick at it. You know, just like how you think that anxiety, you got to gotta pick at your brain.
4: Come on with it. Come on.
0: So, it's one thing that we, the the two of us are very vocal about, and that's anxiety. And it's one thing you and I actually identified and grew closer on. How do you deal with dating with anxiety, and what tips could you possibly give to someone that's dating that still is dealing with the trauma of
4: anxiety? How do I deal with anxiety? Um, How do I deal with anxiety? Um, I use breathing techniques. I meditate often um mm-hmm. as far as dating goes i man i've technically been single for about three years i've dated the last time i've dated somebody it was like three or four months it was last year around november um i think through the relationship i definitely had some anxiety because i was wondering you know is this person good for me is this person this this that and this and that am i enough um And that's usually the questions that I usually ask through most of my relationships. Am I enough? And I do that even outside of relationships. I do that with myself. Am I enough? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like for me, for me personally, loneliness is like the best way to cope with that Um, because you kind of have to force because you fall back on yourself, and you kind of have to force yourself to heal. You have to force yourself to get over things. You have to force yourself to be confident. You have to force yourself to do that, do this and that and this. Uh, and then after you force yourself to do that, you kind of take care of yourself better. Because um, mm-hmm. you treat yourself at that point, because you know your value. Um, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm still struggling with it, but there are some times and moments where I do take that, that dark route. And I'm just like, what is my value? Then that's I enjoy actually taking that dark route now because I come out of it and I'm like, I know my value. And mm. sometimes I just have to repeat to myself what my value is. Yes, um, yes. That's probably why I'm still single because I end up dating or going on these dates where people are still struggling with their value. And in these dates, I end up, you know, consulting with them and telling them about themselves and uplifting them. And then out of it, I, I found myself like, this is that, that was definitely Beautifully said because
1: I Didn't think of that the way that You said it mm-hmm. and You know you do have a lot More people who are Trying to figure out Being comfortable in themselves where There are way less people who are like Okay I kind of got this figured out or Like you know I'm settled in my ways mm-hmm. And you know I've checked A lot of you know the the bad things About myself or I'm in the process of checking the, you know, the smaller things, mm-hmm, you know, yes. but you know, I, you know, it's like, you know, people don't think that they could mesh with someone who hasn't figured out those issues. And, you know, I guess maybe you're kind of like me where I ain't got time for that shit. Yeah, I ain't okay, got time to get the <laughs> issues and got, you know, <laughs> get myself through mine, so, and you know, we, we part, ain't gonna do this.
2: <laughs> the crazy part is that I've, I've, it's not
4: that I really don't have time, it's just, I've done it before, and I've done mm-hmm. it many times, and I just don't want to do it, I don't want to put myself through that
2: again. Yes, and rather that's-
4: rather you, like, you know, go through that process, heal, the way you're supposed to, instead of going out and trying to have somebody heal you, heal yourself.
1: That way exactly. we can both heal each other. Can you say it again?
4: <laughs> heal yourself, please. One more time for the children I, in the back who sleep. I can't want more healing for you than you want for yourself. So you have to heal yourself first. Okay? Yes.
0: Happiness is an internal motherfucking And job. see, what a
4: lot of people
1: think is that, oh, once I find some, you know, someone, they'll complete me. Or, you know, yes. they'll, I'll be healed once I find this person. It's like, First no, of all, you're not healing even an place. Healing takes place within the self. If you haven't dealt with the issues that make you who you are that makes you feel that you need to kind of check yourself in order to be able to deal
4: with someone else,
1: you don't need to be in a relationship Uh at at all. You,
4: You need to be looking in the mirror, okay, telling yourself what is wrong, asking the proper questions and trying to deal with it before you go off and try to ask somebody else you know how they can help you with your situation. They can't help you. They're trying to help themselves. I can't help you I'm trying mm-hmm. to live in this oppressive economy like you out here trying to live in this oppressive economy. Jeez, that's exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> it's like a life raft on the fucking boat. Like, I mean, I got to help myself before I help you. Hello. So. Exactly. So what good am I to you if I'm dead, bitch? I don't know. The thing
0: that I've learned, especially when it comes to dealing with anxiety, is more so, I don't, I guess maybe because I actually had like, people we rarely have like real relationships or real interactions with people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you date especially with anxiety I don't want to have to feel like this I don't want to have to feel this anxious feeling like what if this person isn't right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it's that that moment and that feeling is what makes it hard to date with anxiety. It's more so I don't want you to trigger this feeling inside of me. Yes and finding the person that one is okay with themselves or knows themselves enough to be able to say okay i'm willing to date opposed to someone that doesn't know themselves someone that's trying to find themselves or believes that i'm a half that needs to be completed mm. i don't have time to complete you am trying to complete my damn self hello come on. i don't have time to sit here and play your i don't have time to play your mama or your daddy I don't have time to sit here and chase after you. I'm not going through your phone. Ain't nobody got time for that. We're grown.
1: Exactly. Like my mantra every day is I got my own problems. I don't need you. I can't take yours on. I can't take on somebody else's. I got my own that I'm trying to deal with. And, you know, I'm very much, I'm such an introvert to where like my anxiety is like get away from people, stay away from all and anybody. And anything that breathes and walks on two or four legs, just don't even do it and I'm very much like that even when I was dating I was so comfortable in my own space Mm. that where I didn't have the tolerance for people like somebody could sneeze the wrong way on a Tuesday I'm like oh you can't do I can't do this no more like then I had to kind of check myself like all right you know you want to you know do certain things with a person and you know you want you know The ultimate goal for for my life was to get married. So I'm like, I can't be like this if I want to get married. Like, you know, if my husband decides he wants to breathe the wrong way on Tuesday, am I going to cancel this nigga? Like, you know. That's mad
2: stuff. That's
1: that's,
4: real stuff. After you've been alone and healed for so long, that's when you have to come out and step out of your shell and realize you got to go out, you got to get out, you got to meet people, you got to do this because... You say stuff so to kuda for so long you realize the world is a pretty crazy place and you don't want to get out there. So cuz we, we can't live in fear. That's what I refuse to do, to live in fear. i have anxiety moments, but I'm not going to live in fear for anybody. Um, but
1: so do you think that your dealings with anxiety has helped you largely write this book and and others in your in your collection?
4: For sure, definitely. Um, I feel like four walls wouldn't be four walls if I didn't experience the things that I experienced. It uh-huh. definitely wouldn't be four walls if I wasn't willing to share the metaphorical experiences that I've had in my life. And even whoever Gray is and his spirit, whoever that is, whatever he experienced, I, I'm appreciative that I'm able to tell the story and a piece of my story and allow other people to grasp a piece of the story and make it into their own and internalize for themselves. That's really what I really wanted the book to be for. I want it to be internalized. What did you get out of it? What are you questioning? What anxiety are you dealing with? What things have you not healed from? You know, I like that. And, and you know, as a
1: person who reads a lot of books, I like when authors write something that allowed me to draw my own conclusions. Mm -hmm. And with multiple readings, I can draw different ones each time and it's not suggested to me how I should feel or how I should think, or, you know, anything about the story. And that's what I definitely liked about that. And now, you know, talking to you, it's like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I think about, you know, I think about the little things that I kind of kept in my, in my back pocket about that. (laughs) And what it also leads me to ask you is what authors have inspired you to write in the style that you do?
4: Oh, um again, there weren't any authors that inspired I know that sounds horrible, but literally I <laughs> I honestly just sat down and wrote wrote the book. Um I I would say if anything, the only author that came to mind when I was writing the book or the only inspiration that came to mind while I was writing the book, it was it was a lot of music that I was listening to. Um definitely Kendrick Lamar is one of the people I listen to a lot in uh Animal Collective. Uh I said author, I meant music. Um BBO it was a lot of different, odd, different sounds and people who spoke about real, true events and experiences in their life and things that they've witnessed. Mm-hmm. It, made, it inspired me to to be as honest and as truthful as possible in the book mm-hmm. and to convey the message that I was trying to convey as as raw as possible, <clears throat> but with, while also making it to where you still interpret it your own way. Because like mm-hmm. I said, everybody I've spoken to it's it's a completely different story um and for me it kind of makes me i actually honestly to be quite honest with you i usually when i have conversations like this i don't even usually talk about my book i'm usually the one questioning people like what did you get out of it how did you feel about this what did you feel about that and it's usually me interviewing the person that i speak to about the book instead of them interviewing me no but we're here to interview you yeah.
1: Yeah, So I'm
4: just for me this is different i'm <laughs> Me being questioned like this, it's different for me, but um I'm usually on the other side of it, and it actually it makes me I actually get more of a takeaway from it when I get answers from the people, um, than them getting answers for me, I guess for me.
2: Mm-hmm. But it
4: wasn't anybody, no, it wasn't an author that inspired me, it was more so music that inspired me to write and, and what from my from what I pulled from. It's just the same way with my poetry. I usually listen to music and I hear something I'm like. Ooh, i want to stem off of that and write something about it. Hmm.
0: So normally, as we begin to segue out, we normally end the show with a mental health tip. But seeing that you're our guest, you're gonna be doing the mental health tip. Oh, mental health tip.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh
4: god. Um, mental health tip: Do not be afraid to go into the dark. That is definitely the biggest tip that I would give anybody. A lot of people ignore the darkness. A lot of people don't like sleeping in the dark. A lot of people don't like silence. They are scared of it and they're living in fear. Do not be afraid because once you go in, you realize it's not as scary and it makes you brighter. It makes your light shine brighter. It makes your aura brighter. It makes you not have as much fear when you come out of it. And you're, you're more willing to tell people that i went in the dark and came out of it versus I'm just ignoring the darkness and that's not how you operate. So don't yes. be afraid to go in the dark.
1: Yes, cause that's definitely part of like my life's work with um, psychology and PTSD. My whole focus is going through the emotions to get over them. Yes. So, and, and thinking about what you said, like, yo, I was like, I've been there. To where I was in the dark, and I was like, yo, I'm not going in that motherfucker. But then (laughs) someone was like, you know what? Just do it. You know, what's what's the worst that could happen? Is that either you scare yourself to where you need help, or you figure something out about yourself and the people who triggered it when you come out of it. And it was... It was it was just that. Mm-hmm. I realized things about myself and the people that triggered it mm-hmm. when I came out of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I ain't got time for this. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, you could have had a bad bitch. Yeah, that was that was that was me when I came out of my dark. So I mean some people aren't as fortunate, but I definitely believe go through it to to get over it. Uh and you know basically like you said deandre it's like you there are things that we need to learn about ourselves but unless we go through those dark muddy parts of our of our psyche we ain't gonna figure that out you know what i have a quick
0: one for this before we exit um i never forget when i was start when I was, it was beyond like just in um, anxiety and depression. I think it was like starting to have suicidal thoughts. Hmm. And I spoke to my best friend about it. And she said, Okay, now I want you to think about this. Hmm. Let's say you do what you're thinking in your mind and it needs to happen. What would happen? She's like, Would you really do it? I'm like, Hell no. She's like, Why?
1: I was like, Because I hurt myself. She said, Okay, so then you really don't want to do that to yourself. Oh see, I got worse than you. I've actually attempted twice. I've sure, I, <laughs> I, I remember sitting in my second bedroom, because this was when, well, my when my fiance was my boyfriend at the time. We used to do it at 4 30 in run. And I mean, I would get that runner's high where I feel so great. And I, you know, come back, take a shower, and lay back down for work. But it was one time I got really depressed, like really, really depressed. And I remember I I got up, I grabbed the knife out of the kitchen, I went in my second bedroom. You know where my second bedroom is? Mm -hmm. So I went in the second bedroom and I sat on the floor. And I just held the knife in my hand and I just cried and cried and cried and cried. I started to cut a little bit and I just kind of laid back and I cried and cried and cried. And I was like, I don't want to die like this. I can't do it. I can't do it. And what keeps me from doing it is okay my boyfriend walks in here and finds me he's only not only is he going to lose his fucking mind but how is he going to tell my family what happened to me? Mm -hmm. Mm So you know sometimes you kind of gotta like you know I can't even really find the words for it but
4: sometimes, it gets hard. It yeah. does. I, I definitely yeah. want to say, I appreciate you sharing that story with us, because I know that's, you've definitely had to build from that situation in order to tell that story like that. You too, man.
0: Yes. So, where can people find you, and let alone, where can they find your book?
1: Yes, because I need to buy that, because I need to, I need to, yeah. <laughs> um, I need to. Some things out. <laughs> I,
4: <laughs> um, right now, you can find it on Amazon, um, Wattpad, and uh, Goodreads, I believe. Um, I'm trying to get it on many different places. It will be on about 37 different places, 37,000 different places in the next couple of days, actually. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at I am DeAndre, or my uh, writing page at um, Dre the Writer. And everywhere it's DeAndre Mathis, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. So
1: So what is so before we go, mm-hmm. what is one fun fact about you that you would like people to
2: know? Hmm. I
4: feel like people think that I am this extroverted outgoing <laughs> crazy individual and i'm not i'm none of that i'm very introverted i am shy as hell i am very quiet but i'm pretty nice so like if you see me just come over to me and talk to me um i am not gonna scare you i'm not gonna put you off i'm not gonna do any of that just come up and talk to me that's definitely like a thing that i found out with a lot of people especially since this book has come out they think that i'm not humble. for or i'm out of I'm in a whole different state or of mind and place and everything. And it's not even the case. I'm just, I'm very focused. And I think people get scared of people who are focused. And, uh-huh. and I'm not going, I'm not so focused to the point where I'm cutting off people. It's just, you know, I'm so focused that I want to make sure I get my stuff done while also you being in my life as well. But definitely oh, come yeah. up to me. Don't be scared of me.
1: <laughs> and one more thing, if you had any advice for any writers that are Black or sitting on books that they are afraid to, you know, get out into the world, what advice do you have for them?
4: Um, good question. For Black writers, I would say be aware of your circle. Mm-hmm. Be aware of who you confide into, be aware who you're showing your art to, your work to, be aware of it because these people, I mean, you're working on your your project obviously, but the people that surround you are the people that really are going to make or break your project. They are the people that you fall back to and, t- and you ask, is this good enough? That you ask, what do you think of this? So you need honest people who so <laughs> are in the right my, mindset, mindset for that because I definitely believe if it wasn't for the for Suede Lacey and for Fabian Mitchell and for uh, Mello Williams, I would not have gotten the book to the place where it is now, um, for sure. And, and a lot of other people that I've shared the book to with, I definitely wouldn't have be been able to get the book where it is now without being aware of my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say for writers in general, write every day. Uh, for me, I make it like a... A two one or two thousand do, uh one or two thousand word limit for myself. Um, where I just sit down and write a thousand words. It could be nothing that don't even make any sense. But eventually you will make the sense out of the words. You just have to get it all out. And I think that's what people that's what holds people back because they try to edit and write at the same time. But just write and then edit after. Just get it out.
1: Hmm. Just so basically, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just. Do it. just, just
4: <laughs> Just do it and be aware. Just go balls to the wall, put it out there and I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what most people do. Like I feel like a lot of people think there's a process to it all. And it's well for me, there's no process. It's just really me sitting down, getting it all out, looking at it and being like, This shit don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And trying to make sense out of it.
1: But you know, that's kind of like I mean, I do my own writing, too. I used to, like, write P2K fan fiction. That's an embarrassing fact about me. But it Oh, wait, 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 wait. You did what? I used to write P2K fan fiction on
0: the message
1: boards.
0: Oh,
4: my God. Oh, my God. I guess I have to yes, I I do a about myself. I I actually really love anime and I actually at one point was trying to write a manga. I think I still want to produce a manga. I don't know if y'all endowed anime, but I love anime. So one day I'm have to put out a manga. But kudos to you for writing B2. Look. <laughs> what was that? I said kudos for you for writing because Yeah, I mean I,
1: I like writing. I guess mainly because my grandmother was one. And she actually has a poem um, published in the Newark Museum. Yeah, so my grandmother was a writer. So That's when I started like writing papers for school and like, you know, even what without my mom kind of helping me, she's like, you really have like a real, a real knack for writing. And it's like, yeah, I used to write my little fan fictions in my little five subject notebooks and shit and all that. But <laughs> you know, Writing is really therapeutic. I don't know if it is for you, but... it is. is very therapeutic. And that's what I do. Like, I do journaling. Like, especially when I'm feeling really overwhelmed with my emotions. I write everything out. It doesn't matter how coherent it is, how neat it is. I'm just writing everything out. Even if it's just random words. And then I, I just, like, I come out of it. I close the book. I take a second. And I read it again. And I'm like, yo... Why were you feeling like this? What triggered this? You know, I'm kind of like being a psychologist for myself. Like what triggered this? Oh, maybe this is this, you know? So writing really does help with a lot of shit. And not only does it help you with a lot of stuff, but it helps you escape a lot of stuff too. Just for mm-hmm. second. Not that you running away from anything, but it just kind of brings you out of reality for that one minute. And you'd be so surprised. You'd be so stuck in writing that a lot of your reality makes it into what you're writing.
4: Man, look, mm. have the best co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and on that
0: note, we are going to wrap this episode. <laughs> DeAndre, thank you so much for taking the time out to coming on to speak to us.
4: Thank you. No, you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Love your yeah, lessons. I
1: appreciate Go so buy his book, Support Black People and Their Writing and Their their Truths in Their Lives.
0: Just support mm-hmm. Black creators, period. Exactly. Period. 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 <laughs> and we will see you guys next week.
4: Peace out.
2: Thank what? you, thank
4: DeAndre. Y- thank y'all again. Really appreciate y'all. No worries. No problem. Bye. All right.